Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. With the passing of the high winds and heavy rains that dogged all of February, there's certainly more of an air of spring around at the moment. Oilseed rape in particular has started to grow and is looking quite green in most fields. Similarly, winter barley has turned a distinct colour of yellow over the past four to five days, and many growers are now anxious to apply fertiliser. Every year is unusual in itself, but last year seemed to be even more unusual in how kind the weather was right through the autumn and into the winter. With the result, crops are looking more advanced than normal, but it remains to be seen if that's really the case. So today I'm delighted to be joined by Shay Phelan and Kieran Collins, who are both tillage specialists in Chagas, to chat about how crops are looking and what actions are needed over the next week to 10 days. Kieran, can you remind us of the areas of winter wheat in the country this year and how that differs in percentage terms in comparison to other years? Very little change, we think, overall, Michael. I suppose we did have a quite a good autumn, especially there towards the end of September, early October. So, like last year, according to the Department of Winter Barley, it was just over 67,000 hectares. So, estimates from the trade and that would say it's in or around the same there again, or maybe slightly below that. Oats may be up fractionally. Uh, on last year, we had about 14,000 hectares there last year. So, we're saying maybe in around 15. Uh, wheat is probably up a little bit. Um, we had just short of 56,000 hectares there for last harvest. So that's possibly up maybe a thousand hectares or so. Um, I suppose the big change really came in, in oilseed rape. We had just over 10,000 hectares in 21. Uh, it looks like that's at least 13,000 hectares this year. So cereals probably there, thereabouts with the previous year, but rape up significantly, Michael. Okay, very good. And in terms of all those crops, Karen, how in general are they looking down south for you? Uh, generally good. As I said, looks going conditions there in the autumn were, were, were quite good. Establishment was good. We've had a very benign winter. So, you know, there's no missing patches and that. And look, growth is just sort of starting kicking off there. So in general, good, Michael, mm-hmm. really, yeah. Always a good start when they're there wall to wall. Shay, yeah. in, in the kind of the Midlands and the north side of the house, is, is are they all looking as well up with you? Yeah, Michael, I'd say pretty similar to what Kieran was describing there, with probably the exception of there was a few late uh, crops sown after things like potatoes and, and uh, beet. Those are, you know, under, I won't say under a little bit of pressure, but probably not as forward as some of the earlier sown crops. But um, they're, they're, for, for the year that's been in it, I mean, they're, they're looking quite well. There's not too many gaps even in those crops so the yield potential in in them i'd say is quite good okay and as you mentioned there's been you know it's an excellent back end so there was some excellent growth on oilseed rape over the winter um have all crops got big canopies now shay and 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 is that going to affect the i suppose what we do with them as we go go through the year um it's to be honest michael it's very much a mixed bag um a couple of weeks ago when we were looking out looking at crops here on on the farm walks we would have said yeah there were there was a lot of big canopies out there um, but certainly since then, I think there's been quite a bit of pigeon grazing in some cases, not in all cases, but in some cases. And where they are concentrated, they are actually doing a fair bit of damage now. So there's quite, you know, where you would have had maybe GAIs maybe a month ago of in the region of maybe two. Some of those are back closer to one and a half, maybe even one now at this stage. So there, some are not as good as they were. Now, there are cases out there where there's been little or no pigeon grazing. And those crops are, are, are performing quite well at the moment. And, and again, we're, we're seeing GAIs in some of those crops of two and maybe even an isolated case, even as high as three. So, you know, it's a very much a mixed bag case by case. Location is a big issue in terms of whether there's pigeons in the area or not. So it's, it's really a, a case of seeing what's 
uh, in each individual field and going from there, you know. I, I think, say, the growth regulator that people might have put on before Christmas probably had a big effect on them too, just looking at stuff that got it and stuff that didn't get it. Without a shadow of a doubt, Michael, yeah. And we were in a farm there uh, two weeks ago up in County Mead, uh, and you could see that where um, the growth regulator effect uh, had a fairly significant um, shortening on the crop and where, where some of the crop was missed, you could see how tall the crop was um, where it didn't get the, the fungicide at the time. So without a doubt, it did have an effect. So all crops, Jay, are all of those oilseed raised crops, I should say, are growing pretty strongly now at the moment. Do they all need nitrogen in, in, in an urgent kind of way or, or is it a bit more dependent on what's in front of you? Well, again, yeah, it is, Michael, I suppose. It's, it's a case-by-case basis. And I've been in farms whereby you have maybe fields even side-by-side side where you could have GAIs of one in one field and maybe two in another field. So if you're in that situation, if you have a low GAI uh, crop, um, you probably need to start going with nitrogen now. So if you have a GAI somewhere around one or lower, you probably need to start putting nitrogen on that at the moment. Um, and generally, I suppose what, what guys are doing is putting out their compound um, but if they have got oils or something like that on it already, or they've had got manures in the autumn, uh, chicken manure or, or slurries or something like that in the autumn, then there's the opportunity to just go with straight nitrogen. Um, so on those crops, those low GI crops, certainly I will be going probably this week or certainly next week. Um, on some of the really big GI crops, um, there, there's no need to go yet. There's still a bit of time um, for them to before they start applying uh, fertilizer on them uh, and and reality they probably should be sitting down calculating what they actually need because some of those really big gai crops don't need a whole lot of fertilizer so they need to be very very careful what they put out so so download the this the, the app the gai app and um, assess the crop and, and do calculations because it's pretty easy to do so exactly yeah, okay and and just say in terms of um sulfur should that go on at the same time for those lower gai crops now Absolutely. And I suppose that's the conundrum that guys are starting to face at the moment. Uh, talking to some people, the availability of products like ASN is quite limited and tricky to get. Uh, and I would I'd argue that if you haven't got it ordered at this stage, you're probably not going to get it. Um, so they should be putting out sulfur if, if they can. Um, failing getting something like sulfur ammonia or ASN, you're probably looking at Sulcan. And, and although there's not enough probably sulfur in sulcan you know anything is better than nothing so um you know if you're getting even five or six percent in your sulcan that's probably as good as you're going to be able to do if you can't get the others at the moment i'm moving on to disease in those crops Shay. what 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 do they look like around the country is there is there uh, crops under pressure or do growers need to do something about that now yeah again i suppose the big target at the moment is like leaf spot um and looking at crops here in oak park here yesterday we can start to see buds starting to appear at, at the top of the canopy. So um, they really are at the risk of getting life leaf spot infection on those buds now. Um, and if, if those flower buds get infected, well, they're going to, you're going to lose those flower buds and lose potentially pods and so on and so forth. So definitely um, from, I'd say, the vast majority of crops, they're going to need a fungicide, probably something with uh, protioconazole or proline in it. Um, and if you have to put on a bit of a growth regulator effect on some of those bigger crops, maybe something like Prozaro or the could use the, the new BSF um, Carrix as a, as a shortener as well. But time is of the essence with those. We really need to be going on as soon as they possibly can get on those to try and try and eliminate that. Like and can a grower throw in bore on at the same time? You can do, yeah. If the crop needs it, you can throw it in there as well. 
Um, if, if, uh, but only really if the crop really needs it, you know. Okay, Kieran, can I bring you back in then, just to, to switch on to crops onto winter barley? Um, I suppose it's very evident around the country, certainly at this part of the world, at least anyway, that crops have turned quite yellow over the last probably four to five days. Is that something to get worried about? Um, no, it's a sign of, I suppose, just a little bit of growth starting off, really. Um, you know, and as I said earlier, establishment's been quite good this year. Plant counts are good and tiller counts are, are quite good, you know, and that's, I suppose, look, that's the foundation of yield in, in winter barley. So what we're aiming to do then, obviously, is trying to preserve those tillers, you know, and that's where, where your first nitrogen application will 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 come in. Um, so, you know, any work that, that's been done here in Chagas would show that, you know, up to growth stage 30, um, it, you you know, there's no detrimental effect on yield. If, if you delay nitrogen after that, certainly you'll, you'll start running into, into trouble. I know this week around here, some growers were, have been out already, you know, but so from, from now on, really, would be the would be the timing for that nitrogen. And, and you mentioned that, that crops, you know, they're okay up to growth stage 30. Where are crops at the moment? Are they more advanced than normal they certainly look more advanced than normal but are they there's a little bit more growth in them than normal and you know if, if we take kind of around st patrick's day as being a kind of a typical you know date for for winter barley to be a growth stage 30 i suppose this year combination of maybe some slightly earlier sowing and obviously the mild weather that we mentioned already some crops are a little bit more advanced you know and you can see it in growth there's there's maybe an extra tiller but you really need to to strip them down and have a look and you know we were looking at some crops there in oak park and down this side of the world and i i don't think that there, there's very little winter barley actually at growth stage 38 and sometimes what can happen as well is you know when crops um you know when they're a little bit more advanced in the spring they can sometimes spend a little bit longer at growth stage 30 as well if the weather is stays cool you know okay so that kind of brings us on nicely i suppose to pgr should uh guys i suppose or farmers i suppose this time of year would they be thinking about trying to mine those tillers and pgr might help in that is that necessary this year yeah i i think lodging might be a concern in winter barley this year and i I say refer back to you know good plant counts which is which is what we want and it's good foundation for yield but you know if you if you if if you have a high plant count you know uh it certainly maybe can can maybe predispose the crop to lodging a bit so i think there's a number of factors you have to look at look at the variety rating for lodging number one and then obviously the total uh level of nitrogen that's applied so they're they're factors certainly uh split growth regulator programming around growth stage 30 and you know if you really want to shorten the crop to take the legs off it it's in around 37 is when you're going to do that um i I, i'd be cautious in applying growth regulators just yet as i said most crops probably aren't that growth stage 30 just yet and that's actually the the correct timing for that first one i think really what i'd be looking for is to get the nitrogen out get good active growth in the crop and then apply your PGR, you know, applying the PGR when, you know, when conditions aren't great can, you know, obviously you're not going to get good growth regulation for a start and then you can harm the crop as well. Okay. And in terms of that nitrogen, what sort of quantities or percentage wise of the total should farmers be thinking about putting on in the first dressing? Yeah, I suppose in around 50 kilos really, you know, would be, would be about what you'll be, you'd be aiming for. 
So obviously the compound will dictate that in, 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 in a lot of cases, so maybe in around 30% of the total, but look, working with, with, with the compound, I suppose it's important to kind of say as well that demand is still quite low. So the, the more nitrogen you put on in that first split, you do increase the potential for losses. And we all know how expensive nitrogen is this year. So I think it's that, you know, certainly for that first split, it's keeping the level of nitrogen down. If, if it's possible. In terms of timing, like I said earlier, for some of those hungrier looking crops on maybe very light soil, certainly I'd be, I'd be going now. But as I said, the research would show that there's really no detrimental effect on yield if you have to delay until in around growth stage 30, really. Okay. And finally, Kieran, on, on winter barley disease, is, that, is there anything to worry about out there at the moment? Again, I, I, I don't think so just at the minute. Um, now, we did see in the autumn there was quite a bit of net blotch in particular, especially where barley followed barley. I've heard a few reports of, of little bits of mildew as well. So again, I think I would be kind of following the programme of getting my nitrogen out and I would certainly be assessing the crop then. The biggest return on investment in terms of the fungicides in winter barley will come at stem extension. But trial work would show that there is an advantage to that late tillering kind of in around growth stage 30 timing if there's quite a bit of disease about. So what we want is we want to mine those small tillers. And if you do get disease at that late tillering timing, you can lose some of those tillers. So I think it's literally getting into the crop, having a look, you know, like if you take last year and the year before, most people didn't certainly need that earlier timing. You know, this year I'd be getting in, having a look, no disease, work on but if there is disease there you might need that 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 slightly earlier timing i think okay and um yeah that's great kieran thanks so switching back maybe to, to, to shea and winter wheat uh, has it done as well as winter barley over the winter shea i would say michael for the vast majority of crops they have come through the winter very well um and looking at the different ones that we've seen around the country as we were kind of going around doing the the different farm walks uh, over the last couple of weeks. I mean, we're seeing plant stands of well over 200 plants per square meter, you know, maybe even as high as 250, maybe even slightly higher than that. Um, and for the vast majority of those plants, there's three, three, maybe even four tillers in places on some of those. So if we take where we want to be, say kind of at growth stage 30, where we need to be somewhere in the region of about eight or 900 shoots per square meter, I think we're well on target um, to hit those hit those numbers. So for the vast, vast majority of crops, I'd say they're, they're on target like that, with the exception, as I said earlier on, of those late sown crops, maybe after some spuds or some or some fodder beet. Okay. I, I, I'm not sure I've seen any yellow crops of winter wheat around the place as yet, but is it a similar situation for wheat and barley that we should be, or farmers should be thinking about putting on um, some nitrogen in the next week or 10 days? No, I, I think... Um, they're two di quite different crops in terms of how we manage them. I mean, from, from a barley point of view, you want to get as many tillers growing and make all those tillers survive. So you need that early nitrogen to just boost tiller survival. Uh, in wheat, it's not as critical. So we can delay on those crops with the, where the numbers are already in place. We can delay our nitrogen um, on those, those normal crops, shall we put them, or those ideal crops as they are at the moment. Um, and really around mid-March is where we want to be. There's no mad panic on it yet, whereas, as Kieran was saying, quite a lot of farmers want to go winter barley at the moment. Uh, for winter wheat, it's probably about time enough in a fortnight's time, really, to go with that first application. So that, that okay. they have a bit of time uh, on their side just yet. 
And then if a farmer happened to be in a position that, uh, or had wheat in a take-all position, does that change that advice any? Yeah, it does. It does, Michael, to be fair. Um, and there are probably a couple of crops like that out there this year. Um, and it's been an ideal winter so far for the development of take-all. Um, and in those situations, you're probably looking at going with somewhere in the region of about 60 or 70 kilos of, of nitrogen um, as soon as possible, um, just to try and feed those uh, tillers and feed the plants, um, because the root structure obviously is not going to be as good in those crops as it would be in a normal crop. So you're trying to get nitrogen uh, to help t- to help plant survival and tiller survival um, in those crops. And really with that, t- with those takeout situations, probably this week or next week will be the timing really for that. Okay. And for the majority of the other crops that don't have that in terms of growth regulation, is it, is it kind of a similar situation to the nitrogen you spoke about? No huge panic yet. Hang on. Yeah, there's no point in going for there's it yet. No, there's no panic yet, Michael, I suppose. If we're targeting where we, that first application of a growth regulator, we, we normally target around growth stage 30, 31. Um, there's little or no crops anywhere near that at the moment. So again, that's probably going to be uh, a couple of weeks time. Um, and, you know, again, probably towards the end of March probably is where most crops are going to need that first application of a growth regulator. But I suppose it's again really looking at the uh, dissecting the plant and yeah, doing that, doing that assessment case by case field. basis. Yeah. And there were some, there's, look, there's no doubt there was some very early uh, sown crops and they may be a little bit further, more advanced. So it's a case of getting out, as you said, dissecting the plants, going seeing where the growth, the internal development of the plant are because there are some crops out there starting to look a bit, little bit leggy, um, but it's the internal growth stage is what we're, we're concerned with. And in terms of disease, then, Shay, yellow rust became, uh, I suppose, a major worry over the last two or three years. And last year was a very big worry early on in the season. Is there any yellow rust out there at the moment? And um, if there was, should growers be thinking about going at it now or in the next week or 10 days? Yeah, I suppose the first thing to, to the first thing to do again is if you are in looking at crops, I suppose it's to, it's to assess them there for the likes of disease. And yellow rust was one, as you rightly say, was an issue last year. But I suppose, thankfully, this year, the, the varieties that are available or the vast majority of the varieties that are available have relatively good resistance to yellow rust, with the exception of there's a few few growers still growing the likes of Bennington um, and JB Diego. And Graham, to a lesser extent, has that kind of juvenile um, uh, problem with, with yellow rust, but it tends to to um, get over it later on in the season. But if in the main you have something like Bennington or or JB Diego, they are no doubt susceptible to, to rust. So in those cases there, where those crops are out there, it's again assessing what's there. Um, really, it's kind of dry weather where, where, you, where you really see the, 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 the big infestations of, of yellow rust. And weather in the last couple of weeks has kind of dampened down that yellow rust problem on the few crops that we've seen there about a month ago. It seems to have lessened that problem quite a bit. But if it does start to get out of hand, well, then no doubt you need to start going in and looking at putting on um, something like a strombolurin or something like that, um, or even a, um, a morpholine if you can get it um, at this stage um, to try and quell that um, yellow rust because no, no, um, because it's one of those diseases that really will take out crops before you ever get before they ever get going in the spring. So we need to take care of it early on. Okay, so I presume, Shay, or how often do you think 
that 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 if you have some of those susceptible varieties, how often should should growers be out in those fields walking, examining, getting down their hands and knees to make sure that it's not taken off on them? Weekly, Michael. The, the real, I've seen cases last year whereby you know there can be huge growth in yellow rust if conditions allow within a week. So you know leaving it two or three weeks is really really kind of risky sort of strategy. You need to be in that every maybe even twice a week if 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 the weather if the weather um, is favourable towards yellow rust. So um, you know it's constant monitoring is is, is what will keep on top of it. And then making a decision at what stage then do you need to apply a fungicide, you know? Okay. Kieran, is it a similar position with wheat down the south of the country in terms of growth and disease levels and and, and everything that Shay was talking about? Very, very similar, Michael, really. Very similar. I suppose the only thing that I would comment on slightly different maybe is there certainly is a lot of septoria down in crops. You know, we wouldn't have the same yellow rust challenges down south, obviously, as you would in the northeast. Um, but no, just just walking through crops is the amount of septoria in them, all right. But again, look, it's not something that we're one bit concerned with. We know that it's the the top three leaves, and we'll deal with that in April. You know, at that stage, and you know, some of those leaves will probably die off, and you know, so it could be a changed picture by the time we we get to to leaf I three. Know. You know, okay. And Karen, while you're there, in terms of winter oats, um, certainly driving the country. Over the last while, some very forward-looking, very big-looking crops of winter oats out there. Is the internal growth in those oats matching what we kind of see from the outside? Or as Shay said earlier, are they just that little bit leggy-looking? Mm, they're certainly, like Shay said, a bit leggy-looking. But again, when you look at the internal growth stages, most crops haven't reached growth stage 30 yet. You know? But I think it will happen soon enough. And you can see in oats, you can see the colour in oats. They have taken up a lot of nitrogen over the winter. And as you say, they are quite quite advanced. And you know, as establishment was good. So your, your plant counts tend to be, I'm finding anyway, a little bit, a little bit higher than normal. You know, so um, you know, look the timing for nitrogen, I suppose, look is 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 normally in around growth stage 30. So we're we're not there yet. And as I say, they, they do look to have taken up quite a bit of a bit of nitrogen over the winter as well. Okay. And and if if, if people were considered about nitrogen, should they go with it shortly? And if they were, how much? Yeah, I suppose work that, that was done by John Finnan would have would suggest that kind of an equal uh, two equal splits in around growth stage 30 and growth stage 32 would be would be would be ideal. So I think I'd be going for, you know, kind of a strong growth stage 30, especially if your crop is quite green and thick, maybe, you know, and again, it's the same story with the winter barley. While, you know, the advice might be to try and get 50 percent out in that first split, I think the compound for which a lot of people will be applying will will possibly dictate that a little bit you know but that that certainly would be the target i wouldn't be in any any great rush just yet i certainly would be making sure it's kind of a strong growth stage 30 before before i go okay and any disease levels to worry about in crops um little bits of 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 mildew and sheltered fields i think that's that's kind of what i'm mainly seeing anyway i i I don't think i've come across uh much rust yet you know but certainly you would be keeping an eye on 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 disease there and look something you might be getting a morpholine in there with that first growth regulator or even something maybe preventatively uh on on mildew if even if there isn't mildew in the crop because those thicker crops certainly you know will be a bit more predisposed to to mildew Mm -hmm. High risk. Yeah. See if you can preempt it. Listen, guys, thanks very much. I know that was a very quick roundup uh, and it's it, it's great to get that. And I, I suppose what I'm getting from you is there's one or two crops need a little bit of action, but there's other crops that don't really need action immediately, at least anyway. 
So, Kieran and Shay, thanks very much for joining me today, and we'll chat to you again shortly. No problem. So that's all we've time for. My thanks to Kieran and Shay for joining me today on the podcast. As always, if you have a suggestion about a topic you'd like to hear more about, just drop me an email at michael.hennessy at chagas.ie or on Twitter at Chagas Crops. We always want to hear from farmers and people in the industry about what interests them, so don't hesitate to get in touch. Finally, don't forget, if you enjoyed the podcast, then recommend it to a friend or colleague. And as always, rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcast or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.